times when, when God just uh, prods you and um, as J. John said last week, it's when you get the quiver in your liver. Uh, or, or God just takes a scripture and, and he just impresses it upon your heart and you know that you know that you know that God has spoken to you and over the last three weeks God has repeatedly taken me back to a set of verses and as I've sought him this week I believe it's the right thing to release the word in the house this morning because I think it's important that we create some spiritual momentum because we don't want to just say that we're on the move we want God to move us on don't we into a fresh place, into a new place of blessing and anointing. And we need to respond to God, you know, and to his word. It's not enough to be hearers of the word, the scripture says. We need to be doers of the word also. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah and the 60th chapter, please. I'm going to pray and then we're going to let the Lord speak to us. Oh God of heaven, Lord, we cry out to you in these moments that you would speak profoundly, and clearly into our hearts and into our souls oh god that you would take your word and burn it into our hearts that we might love you more and serve you better oh god that you would give us a word that would change not only our lives and our families but completely change this community once and for all lord as you are lifted up lord jesus this morning and so father speak to us now your servants are listening and everybody said amen isaiah in the 60th chapter arise shine your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you for behold darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Rise your eyes all around and see. They are gathered together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be carried on their hips. Then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will thrill and rejoice because of the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. It's that first verse that really came to me with real power and significance as I've been preparing this word arise and shine this verse is calling us to action God has done something in us he's doing something through us but it demands a response from us not just to sit there and say I hope we have a good meeting on Sunday or I hope God moves in a few weeks time or I'm really believing that God will now, there's something that we have to respond. Sometimes we have to take things uh, that God says and move with them and put them into action. And I think this is a real challenge for all of us because we sometimes we're so content in sitting back saying, I wonder when God is going to do that. And I believe that God is waiting for us to get up and to play our part. And so this good verse is calling us into actions. God has got purpose for us as his children. We're not called here just to sit, we're called here to go. And I've often said from this pulpit, and I will say it so many after times after this, it's not about our seating capacity, it's about our sending capacity. If we never had more people in church than we do today, but we are sending people out onto the mission field and planting churches, then that's okay with me, isn't it? Because it's not about small church or big church. This morning it's about healthy church. 
And a healthy church is a church that responds to the voice of God, not just listens to it, but then moves on from what God has said to us. So arise and shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. You know, we are God's people and we've been made in his likeness to bear the light of the light of the world into the world. And he wants us to reflect that light into this community and beyond. And the reason he does is in these next verses, for behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you and the glory of the Lord will appear to you. You know, the darkness out there is so dark that people cannot see. In fact, in the book of Corinthians, the apostle tells us this, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not dawn upon them. And last week we looked very clearly at strongholds and dark forces that are at work. But there are dark forces at work in our day and generation that are blinding the eyes of people and they cannot and will not see the gospel. In fact, you know, if you are a blind you, you cannot see. You can't see the light. To you, everything is dark, but the trouble is you don't know the difference. And there's a whole community out there that doesn't see Christ, that doesn't see his goodness. We've been able to sing with a great deal of gusto this morning about his faithfulness and his love and his commitment to us, but out there, people do not have a clue what God is all about. They want to blame him for everything. They give him credit for nothing because darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness, the people. And you can't argue those people into the kingdom of God. They need spiritual sight, and spiritual sight does not come by education. This morning we know as the people of God that spiritual sight comes by revelation. So these people need to be seeing, but the only way they can see if it is the Lord opens their eyes. And again, I implore you this Tuesday as we gather together for prayer here, that you'd make your way to the house of God because the only way we are going to see the darkness broken of this community in Sedgley is to pray that God would open the eyes of those that are blind and cannot and will not see. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. You know, we, we sung it last week and I'm going to say it again today. Our purpose is found in Christ alone. His glory will appear upon you. As broken and ill-equipped as we are, God chooses to use us and to equip us. And God wants his light to shine from us. It says nations will come to your light. Now you would think, wouldn't you, that the prophet would say nations will come to the light of God. But no, they're coming to our light because God is in us. You know... Our lives should be shining in such a way that people know that it's God that's on the inside of us. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. God wants us to rise and shine in this community. Now, this is a high place in Sedgley. If ever there's even more global warming and there's more floods, you're safe up here, okay? You are not going to drown, not at the top of this hill, anytime soon. The whole of Bristol will have gone by the time we get any water up here, I'm telling you. But high places have significance. I'm not saying this town is anything special, but what I am saying is that God has plans for it. And over generations, I'm talking now hundreds of years now, 
as people have made their way up that beacon just there, just further down, if you've never been up the beacon, go have a walk, put some strong shoes on. And if you get out of breath quick, just take it slow. Because it's a big steep climb to the top of that hill. But on the top of that hill, they used to build a fire. Now, it wasn't them little bonfires you have in your garden. This was a huge, huge fire. They would take wood and kindling and they would make a huge fire and that fire would blaze across to the next high place, probably the reek, you know, or somewhere across there, that would blaze onto the next high place. It had significance. The light was shining so much that when the Spanish Armada were coming in to attack this nation, there were people up the top of that hill. Can you believe that? The top of that hill burning a fire that blazed a warning. I believe God has put us here significantly on this high place to blaze the glory of God across to the next beacon who will blaze it across to the next beacon. It's not because we're trying to be clever, but I believe God has set us here for a purpose. You know, we want the fire of God to fall here, don't we? We need the fire of God to blaze. Now, in a few weeks' time, only a few weeks' time, the first week in July, we have a conference here on the Saturday. And we're having a pastor come from Israel who's going to be with us on the Sunday morning. Let me tell you, he pastors a church on Mount Carmel where the fire fell. And they've got stones from Mount Carmel in his church, in the altar, and they're lying on there to ask God to send the fire. I don't think he's coming by chance, do you? That he's coming from the high place to this high place I'm believing God for something significant to happen and something of an impartation. Wouldn't we like the power that come down and the fire that came down on Elijah and, and, the, and on that altar to come into this place? Oh, God, do it again. Let the fire burn. In the book of Leviticus, he said, The fire on the altar shall be kept burning, and it, you shall not let it go out. I think we are sometimes just messing around with a few embers. That beacon up there needed to be stoked. It needed to be fueled. And it needed to blaze because it had a purpose. And I believe for this church and for my life and for all of you, we need to be on fire that this community might see that there is a God in heaven that loves them. What did John the Baptist say about Jesus? He said, I'll baptize you with water, but he's going to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with the fire. This morning, I want God to touch us afresh. Was it John Wesley that says... People asked him, what do you do to get a crowd? He said, I set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. We, we need to burn with the presence and the fire of God. Not, not because that we're anything of, in and of ourselves, but I, I want God to burn in me, burn up the dross and let the light shine out. So we're called to rise and we're called to shine. And then once we are rising, are we doing something and we are shining forth? There is a consequence to what happens then. And the consequence is this rise... Raise your eyes and look around. See, they're all gathered together. They will come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried on their hip. As a church, we need a fresh vision of people coming home. This church needs to be growing. Anything that is alive grows, doesn't it? When you have a baby, they don't stop babies for long, do they? You used to, they used to make your arms ache and then they make your wallet ache as they get older, don't they? But they grow. And as a church, we need a vision for people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. I love this verse, your sons will come from afar. 
Does anybody here this morning feel that your kids are far from God? Well, they're coming. If we will rise and shine. Because that's what the, the promise of the scripture is here. As we rise and shine, as we allow God, as we move with some momentum, as we allow God to burn in us and burn through us, I believe that our families, our friends, our neighbours, this community will start to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. This phrase keeps coming to me as I pray. It's almost like the Lord is saying to me, Steve, in Sedgley, create some spiritual momentum. Because passive is not a kingdom term. You know that, don't you? But when you look at most of the church in our nation, it's quite passive. It's quite, you know, happy to sit back and take all the punches. The scripture says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent men take it by force. There is something about getting more, not aggressive in the wrong sense of the term, but being more on the front foot. And as we step out and do things for God, you know, he meets us. Let me give you some scriptures. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Who does the drawing? We do. So many times, you know, I want God to move in my life. Well, draw near to him then. I want God to work for me. Well, draw near to him then. How about this? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Who, who does the lifting up? We do. You know, we keep saying, oh, Jesus, be glorified. No, we're the ones that glorify him. And in the glorifying him, he draws people to himself. How about this? Give, and it will be given unto you. How many times have you sat there saying, I need my needs met. And God is saying, give. Who does the giving? We do. And then as we take a step of faith in obedience, God begins to meet us. How about what Jesus said? We need to ask, seek, and knock. Who does the asking, the seeking, and the knocking? We do. I think we become very, very kind of, I don't know what to say, slow towards God sometimes. We're sitting around and we moan and groan that God is not meeting our needs, that God is not doing what we thought he was going to do, that the church is not growing the way you ought to grow. I think sometimes God is waiting on the other side of our obedience. And I know there are other people that are waiting on the other side of our obedience to come to faith in Jesus as well. We're waiting for a move of God. But God is waiting for us to move. Arise and shine because your light has come. This church needs to move forward. And you'll never possess the land if you're sitting in your tent eating KFC and watching Britain's Got Talent. You know that, don't you? You have to do something. The apostle tells us to stir up the gift that is within us. I think a lot of time we're waiting around for God and he's actually waiting around for us. Stir up the gift that is within you. Stir that fire. Some of us have known the infilling of the Holy Spirit and his presence and his power upon our lives many, many times. But then we let those embers begin to die down. Uh, when we, um, we lived in one house just in Tipton Street and we had a park ray. And you know what? You used to get the poke and you used to poke them things and they, it used to come alive again when you put a bit more coal on it. I believe God wants us to stir ourselves this morning. Anybody feel like they need to stir themselves up? Because you've come a bit lackluster, because you, can, you kind of feel, well, I'm not where I should be. Well, no, do something about it then. In the words of the little known prophet, Dick Dastardly, don't just sit there muttly, do something.
Somebody said, well, I really don't know what to do, Steve. What, what, what are you asking me to do this morning? Well, the scripture says, arise and shine. And then it tells us then, raise your eyes all around and see. Do something, shine out, and then begin to look with a fresh vision as to about what God is about to do. And then verse 5 says, then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will be thrilled with joy and rejoice because the abundance of the seas will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. I read it at, on our Zoom prayer meeting on Tuesday, but the message version of the Bible puts it this way. You will have a big smile on your face. Some of us need a smile, don't we? Some of us have frowned for far too long. And this verse is telling us that, you know, not only as we arise and shine and we start to look with a new vision that our family and friends and loved ones will start to come. It also says that God will meet our needs in order for that to happen. How often as a church or an individual have we looked at ourselves and thought, we just do not have the resources to do what God is asking us to do. On a natural level, as I look across this congregation, Assemblies of God have challenged every minister to plant another church in the next six years. That doesn't scare me, but it does fill me with a lot of apprehension. Because I'm thinking to myself, we don't have the resources to do that. We don't have the people to send out to do that. You know what? If we will go, I believe God will meet us. If we sit here and do nothing, nothing will ever happen. I was doing a bit of consultancy for a, a company this week. And uh, I said to my boss, this, the guy I'm working for just for a day, I said, you need to set a target. Because if you aim at nothing, you will never hit anything. I, and I think sometimes it's a little bit like that in church. We say, well, if God's with us, the church will grow and everything's going to be all right. And I, I think God wants us to put a step of faith towards him and trust him because we're on a journey here i think god wants to create momentum here but that's going to require us getting involved with god this co-laboring with christ getting our hands dirty god wants to use us that's why he sent the holy spirit you know sometimes we're just like oh well god can yeah god can and he will but most of the time he does it through us energized by his holy spirit well, very often have we you know, so, oh, well, you know, God, God should be doing something about that. And, and you've prayed about it. And then you became the answer to your own prayers because God said, well, you do something about it. Just like the, 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 uh, the, uh, the apostles as they the, were the feeding of the 5,000. So we're all starving. And, and Jesus said, well, you do something about it. And as they took some steps of faith, you know what? The miracle happened in their hands. If they hadn't have done that, no miracle. There has to be that interaction. We have to respond to God personally. We have to do something. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning, but I want to tell you this. It's time to do something. It might be time to get some money out the bank and do something. It might be time to change your job and do something. It might be time to pray in a new way and do something. But for goodness sake, just do something. Because we're very good at doing very little and then moaning about it and saying, well, if God wants to do it, God can do it. Listen, if we acknowledge him in all, all our ways, he will direct our paths. It's very hard to direct a, a stationary object, isn't it? Uh, God wants us on the move. You know, I, I love Abraham. It, it says about Abraham that he didn't know where he was going, but he just got up and went anyway. 
Some of you need to get on the move and God will direct your paths and open doors and make a way where there is no way. But while you're sitting there, you're going nowhere. And I want this church to go somewhere. I don't know about you. I want my life to go somewhere. I don't know whether I mentioned this last week. If I did, please forgive me. Because I get old and I forget what I've said. But, the, the, you know, when you go to a conference, the defining moment sometimes, you know, you get a scripture or somebody preaches a great word or you feel a touch from the Holy Spirit. I had none of that. I was quite looking forward to lunchtime, to be honest. And, you know, I was fed up of sitting in meetings. And then, God's got a way of just ambushing you, hasn't he? So then, I, I, we, we were sitting there, and I was looking at Joe, thinking, Joe, should we just get out of the meeting and, and, and leg it up the town? Because the Indian's about to open, you know. We, we don't want to sit in here. And then, they brought all the ministers and their wives who were about to retire onto the platform. And the tears began to roll down my face. And I thought, one day, that'll be me. And I cannot and will not but see through everything that God has asked me to do until that day comes. It's too easy to sit back and say, well, maybe this year, time next year, this can happen. Or maybe, maybe we will plant a church. Some, no, we, we need to make some decisions and set some targets. I'm not, I, look, I'm a businessman, I can, I can set targets, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about hearing the voice of God, and then when he says to go, even though he doesn't give us the full roadmap, sometimes he asks us to trust him, doesn't he, in the moment, and he tells us the next thing, and he tells us the next thing. I'm really glad sometimes he doesn't reveal it all, because we'd never go on the journey, would we, half of us? But as he begins to show us his plans, we need to take some steps forward into all that he's got for us. And I believe for this church, there is so much more ahead of us. But we need to do something. The pandemic has pretty much died now. So we have no excuse. We have a blank piece of paper. God is with us. But now we have to say to him, where is it you are now taking us as individuals and a fellowship? And give some level of commitment to that and see what God will do. So we need to rise and to shine and not sit and wait. We need to stir up the fire and get in motion. We need to take some steps forward and leap out in faith and open our mouths. I don't know what God is prompting you right now. I don't know whether your liver is having a quiver. I don't know whether you're feeling the sense of God's presence this morning. But I know one thing. He's stirring me. And we have to move out. And sometimes we're not going to see where we're going. The children, when Joshua got spoken to by God he said Moses my servant is dead now it's time for you to get up and move out and see my best don't let this word depart from your mouth we're not going to do that we are not going to change our tune on standing on the scriptures we talked about it in the prayer meeting this morning but this church will and always will as long as I'm in charge preach the Bible and stand on it but whatever God asks us to do otherwise is changeable if we have to change some service times, if we have to change the way we do things, if we have to do things differently, then we will. Because none of that matters. All that matters is that Jesus is glorified and this community comes to faith in the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Can we pray? Father, this morning, I just pray that we will begin to move. There will come a sense of momentum and purpose in our lives in a way that there hasn't been perhaps in, the, in these last few years or months, Lord. We, we, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have kept us through lockdowns. We've kept us through having to stop in, kept us through all of these times. But now 
we feel it's time to shake our feathers again and to look with fresh newness at what you have for us and to say, God, whatever you have planned, we want to say a resounding yes to. God, lead us on. Help us to serve you, Lord Jesus, with all that we have. We want to, before we have to hang up our boots, as it were, to do something that is powerful because you have anointed us and blessed us to do it. And so I just pray this community from this prophetic message this morning will never be the same again as we as a congregation make our stand and say, yes, Lord, we're moving on. Yes, Lord, we're going to arise. Yes, we're going to shine. Yes, we're going to look around and get a new vision. Yes, we're going to let you work in our lives. We know that our sons and daughters and neighbours and friends are coming. And Lord, we know that you're going to provide all of the resources that we need because you've promised to do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless the Lord.